Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks so much for listening. Jim Nance from CBS is the guest on this episode. Jim's got the Masters from Augusta this week, and obviously he uh, is the top NFL play-by-play man for CBS, so... We do a lot of golf and uh, NFL with Jim scheduling things and a little discussion about Alex Trebek and election coverage. So it's good chat with Mr. Nance. If you missed any recent episodes of the Sports Illustrated Media podcast, you can go into the archives. Last week, Paul Heyman from WWE was on Kirk Herbstreet. Two weeks ago, Peter Schrager. Three weeks ago, Ernie Johnson. Four weeks ago. So check those out. If you missed any of those, give those a listen and subscribe to the podcast. It is much appreciated. All right, let's get right now to... Jim Nance from CBS Sports. All right, joining me now, the voice of all things CBS Sports. Big week with the Masters, NFL going on. Jim Nance. Jim, how are you? I'm well. Thank you, Jimmy. It's good to be back on. Great week to have you on with the Masters and uh, kicking off. A lot to get into. I'm going to start, though, with something that everyone has been. I shouldn't say that's a, that's a stretch. A few people have asked me, and I've been wondering myself, and it's an mm-hmm. important question. What the hell will happen on Sunday if the Masters runs late into the four o'clock NFL games? Well, I, you're, I'm the wrong guy to ask. I would like to know the same thing. I don't think it's going to happen. They've definitely created uh, a strategy. That's the one thing I do know for this to to probably wrap up uh, between two thirty and three o'clock, leaving time for the Green Jacket presentation. But I I don't know the answer to that. Uh, the weather is. Uh, not great, um, which could create delays. But um, believe me, 
Uh, Sean McManus, as he is with all things, he's all over it. And he'll have um, he'll have a very good plan worked out with with his team. And um, yeah. uh, that's one of those things, Jimmy. I don't concern myself with right now. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just I, I'm there ah. to tell stories. Yeah, it's just I, I got to say that fans have asked because yeah, CBS is, does not have a one o'clock game on Sunday. They just have uh, three games at four. Um, and you know. I'm amazed by this, which I, I guess I shouldn't be because nothing should amaze. You know, Tony getting the week off because you're in Augusta. There, there are people are uh, that's become like a storyline. I didn't realize that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, it's uh, it's a regional week. Yeah, I can't tell you what the breakdown would be of the of the games that we have. I you know, so it's not a national window. So there are weeks where we do a game on a regional week. I'll give you an example. Next week, we're going to be in Baltimore for Tennessee and Baltimore. Regional week, Fox has the doubleheader. I did happen to look at the maps because I was going to be doing, I'm mm-hmm. going to be doing the game. And that's going to 40%, 42% of the country, I believe. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, on a regional week, there could be 60 to 70% of the country that's not getting uh, one of our games anyway. So, hey, yeah. Look, I'm happy for him. He gets to <laughs> stay at home for another week with Candace and the kids. And um, we've got a very busy stretch, by the way. It's another thing that uh, I didn't realize was becoming such a story. But next week when um, I get back to football, we do three games in a week. So uh, that's probably another consideration. How do you, you do? Gotta- I know you have the Thanksgiving. Oh, because yeah. I get so, that, you yeah. know, it's funny before we'll get to golf and Augusta. But it's funny you brought that up because one of the things I did want to ask you is you guys for Thanksgiving, CBS, you and Tony have, if I'm not mistaken, you have the first game, which is Houston at Detroit. Where do you stay? I, I am normally a diehard traditionalist in all sports. I, I It's time to get rid of the Lions on Thanksgiving, <laughs> is my oh, opinion. On. Where do you stand on that? Uh, I, 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 I'm like you. I like traditions, and they haven't been really relevant in a long time. Um, even though they showed some signs this year and blown some leads and some games, but uh, I, I like it. I, I, it means, it means a lot to that market. And, uh, you know, for us and, and Joe and Troy on the opposite schedule, you know, it's Detroit then Dallas next year, then back to Detroit, right. back and, and forth and so on. I, I, I like it. I got to tell you, the ratings are probably going to be the same if no matter what the matchup was in that window, Houston, right. obviously having a down year, as well, and you watch the ratings will not plummet. Right, it's just part of the Thanksgiving tradition. But having been around and done it for so many years uh, in Detroit, that would be that that would really hurt that market. They have a big parade that goes through the streets. So mm-hmm. uh, this year it's going to be different down uh, Woodward Avenue. It's a big part of the Thanksgiving tradition there. And don't forget, Jimmy, you are a traditionalist. You just said that. <laughs> The Thanksgiving Day tradition was started by the Lions. Right. I'm going to tell you a story here I've never said publicly before, okay? You okay. just triggered a thought. All right. The guy the guy that started it, who owned the Lions in 1934, was named George Richards. Okay? He was the owner of the Lions. He started it. I, I, I don't know where I found this, but eight, 10 years ago, I was going to be in Detroit and I saw that the name was George Richards. Why did it stand out? My father-in-law's name is George Richards. Okay. So um, 
I was getting ready to propose to his daughter, my wife, Courtney. And I thought, man, I want to send a message somehow. How can I do this? So during the Thanksgiving game, I didn't propose right at that at that time. But right. I told Courtney that she should watch, especially early in the second quarter coming out of commercial. Make sure your dad's watching. So I was working with Phil at the time. And Phil was talking about some things he's thankful for on Thanksgiving. He said, what are you thankful for, Jim? And I proceeded to say on national television, I'm thankful for George Richards. Now, I can, I'm imagining at that point, my father-in-law has just fallen <laughs> off. And I said, I just want to say, George Richards, I'm in love with your baby. And if you didn't know that already, uh, it means the world to me. Uh, what, what you've done, what you've produced. And it's just important for me to say that. That's what I'm thankful for. Thank you, George Richards. And then, I've, and then I said, as an aside, and of course, George Richards was the owner of the Lions who started the Thanksgiving Day tradition of football on this very day back in 1934. Second down and six. Well so done. Well it, it done. It made total sense yeah. to the viewer at home. Exactly. And meanwhile, well done. Uh, I gave my, my father-in-law a heart attack back yeah. in Cleveland. That's a good Easter egg right there. I, just to clarify, too, you know, it's not just about that the Lions are always terrible. The thing is, when you have the Cowboys – they have so many natural rivalries. I mean, even this year, you know, the Cowboys stink, Washington stinks, but it turns out that game is going to be like matter for the division. You could put out almost any team against the Cowboys and there's a history. The Lions just don't, outside of the Bears, maybe, they just don't have that with, with enough teams where you get, but like you said, you know, if you're the NFL, why change it? You're going to get a monster number no matter what the game is in that slot. They kind of changed it when they added the third game anyway. Yes, and that's you know, a good so, one this year. And yeah. by the way, the third game this year happens to be Pittsburgh and Baltimore, so yeah. it's a monster game. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you if, you, if you made that change and you're going to have to do it in advance, you know, you're not going to have the flex to right. be able to – I don't think you would. I don't think you would flex a team uh, off of a schedule and put them on a Thursday on a late notice. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But let's say you went into the season and, you know, you you could have guessed wrong. You could have put the Giants or the Jets in that window. You you know who knows? Right, you could have put any number of teams in a game would have been a stinker anyway. Yeah. Um. We we've had you mentioned the Bears. That sure that's a rivalry. We've had the Bears there on Thanksgiving a couple of times. We've had the Packers when we broadcasted a few times. Uh, those are old rivalries and get back to the heart and the start of that Thanksgiving tradition. Uh, this is interestingly the second time we've had Houston. At, at Detroit, and the last time they played there, and again, it was our game, it went to overtime, and there was a famous play in that game um, where Justin Forsett, the running back for Houston, appeared to have been tackled and fell to the ground, and then all of a sudden he got up and scurried like 70 yards for a touchdown. Jim Schwartz was the coach of the Lions, and he ended up throwing the challenge flag but you're not allowed to throw a challenge flag on a play that's going to be automatically reviewed anyway. Right. So he got docked. They got docked. The game ended up coming down to uh, a Shane Graham field goal. It was a wild 34-31 game, and it did a monster number, and no one was – maybe Houston was good at yeah. that time. But, hey, it's not about that. Yeah. Thanksgiving – hey, the word that comes up with Thanksgiving, Jimmy, around the train of table, forget football. It's Thanksgiving. You guys have your traditions – you know, you got your favorite pies and side dishes and all that. Yeah. Why are you trying to kill the side dish of the lion? <laughs> it, it is good because you can sort of deal with family in that one. You don't have to pay close attention lines. You deal with your family, get that out of the way, and then you lock in <laughs> hey, on the come Cowboys. Come on, man. We want you hanging on our every word. Yeah. What are you talking about? Um, is it 
I, I have a couple more NFL. We will do golf. I promise. Uh, is it strange this year with without Brady and the, and the Patriots being bad after, I mean, you and Tony and you and Phil basically have lived in Foxborough from September to December, all these years, obviously now, you know, is this, the Steelers are still great. You always, the Steelers have always been good. You guys do a lot of their games. The chiefs are, in my opinion, not even close by far and away, the best team to watch, but it does feel like a little void there without the Patriots and, and Tom in new England. Well, it, no question. It feels a whole lot different than it used to. But uh, as I sit here with week 10 looming, uh, the breakdown of the teams that we've covered this year, Jimmy, we, the team we've done the most so far, our crew, is New England. We that's, did them four of the first seven weeks. We've done them four times now. That's crazy. I, I don't yeah. expect we're going to see them uh, anytime uh, on the remainder of the schedule. One never knows. But uh, when I was up there for the San Francisco game, that was week seven, the great Chad Finn from the Boston Globe called me and said it was my 100th Patriot broadcast of all time. Yeah. And I thought, well, I know it's got to be pretty close because I had discussed that with Stacey James from, from the Patriots. He's an outstanding PR guy, does it so well. And we talked about it in the past. I never quite had the, the, the hard number, but Chad was pretty certain about it. And he had the first one I had done, which was back in 91 with Hank Stram. So I think it was legit. But what I wanted to know was, has any other network commentator done any other team right. 100 times? Now, you, you have a good history of the of. I mean, of my our, guess would be Matt in some role with maybe either. But the Cowboys, but they would I think they probably split some between Dallas, the Giants and San Fran. They were all good in those 80s. The thing. That's the thing. They yeah. weren't just the, 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 the Cowboys, of course were what they were, but right. they had a lot of other good teams in, in the package at that time. So I did ask Chad if he had a breakdown of who else had done a lot of Patriot games. Mm -hmm. And the other one you could come up with, though, is Al. How many times has Al done a certain team? So yeah. I asked Chad that question, and the answer was Al has done 64 Patriot games. So Al's and, done more Patriots than even Cowboys, because the Cowboys always loaded up Monday night, Sunday night. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know the answer beyond Back in those ABC days. Chad was all over it in yeah. terms of what was going on up there. And I thought that was interesting, though, that that Al was the second most. And of course, he has so many years to be able to call on. Uh, and and uh, that's a staggering number. And I I wonder if that would be the most that he would have for any one team. I would think, though, with you know his career and 30 plus years of doing it, I would think that there's a good chance he's had three a year of let's say Dallas on average. For sure. Yeah. I would, he might be moving in on a hundred. Yeah. They're not already exceeded it. Yep. Yeah. This is going to come up this week in Augusta. When you, when you call the masters, tell me NFL and then we can, you haven't done the masters yet, but what you expect there, how, how different, if at all, has your job been this year without the fans in the building and, and the COVID situation? Well, the COVID affects everything. Our job is different, Jimmy, because everything is, is being done the way we're doing this right now by Zoom. I didn't even honestly didn't even know what Zoom was 12 months ago. Right. And are now, you doing the team meetings in person or those are on Zoom as 100%, well? 100% Zoom. Okay. We even do our production meetings, game planning for our, our, our what our strategy is on Zoom. And that's not exclusive to us. I know that's the way that uh, everyone's yeah. doing. The teams do not, they are not allowed to be in the building. You do not meet with the team. So it, it's far different. In, in that respect. And 
for me, uh, and every network has a, a different strategy, and, and ours is uh, proving to be very sound in terms of keeping people safe and healthy. But uh, when we get into uh, a city, we, we, we get in by, by Friday for a Sunday game, by 6 o'clock to get tested. So we get the swab test uh, every Friday night. And then basically it's a quarantine from that point until you get to the game on Sunday. Short of it is um, I don't see Tony until, uh, until we're both in the booth on Sunday. Wow. So that, that's taken away the, the chance to go out and, and just face-to-face talk about the game over dinner. That was our, that was our approach right. all the, 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 the first three years. And that sounds like, ah, well, really, what are you getting done at dinner? You'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Uh, th- th- that's, that was our lives. Uh, we, we would find a great restaurant. And a, a quiet table, and there would usually be anywhere from four to six of us, maybe eight. But we would sit there in no hurry uh, to rush through a meal. We'd drag it out. We'd be talking football. We'd be talking strategy. You wouldn't believe how many things you would come up with that are discussed uh, while breaking bread that ended up on the broadcast on Sunday. Mm. Now I don't see Tony. And equally as bad, Jim Rickoff and Mike Arnold, our producer and director, I don't, I don't see them. I have only seen them for a grand total of about 45 seconds so far this football season. Yeah. And just oddly enough, we're staying at well, the same hotels. I haven't even accidentally yeah. shown up on the elevator with them. It is interesting so. that everything has changed so much, but I will say this, your crew, and I, I think all the crews across all the networks, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know there's been this, um, you know, big change in the way you guys do your jobs. The game, when you're a fan sitting at home watching the game, the telecast comes off just as any other telecast. So well, that's, I, what we, yeah. that's what we achieve. Yeah. Uh, it, it does feel a little bit different to me. I do feel like uh, the repartee is still there. The chemistry is there, but yeah. I think there's another layer of it that we, we're not able to tap into. But, you know, one of these days, hopefully um, soon the world will be normalized again and we'll be back to doing doing it the way we used to do it. You got that right. Now tell me what do you expect here for Augusta with no fans? Um I, I, which which surprises me. Was there ever I mean you know, it's outside they couldn't put I don't know, a thousand people in there. They couldn't I, I don't, you know, if it's outside I think you got a better chance but they couldn't pull that off. You know, golf has gone fan free until the last couple of weeks. So yeah. uh, there was an event over in in Bermuda. Uh, two weeks ago and then last week in Houston where they allowed a limited number of fans to attend. But this decision was made a long time ago. And, right. and uh, that's the way golf has been played since its return in June. So um, look, the reality is we're going to be right back here in less than five months. I saw last night, it's been 530 some odd days since Tiger won the masters and when it ends on Sunday, we're like 140 days away from starting right. up another one. So, like, we're going to have two in a hurry. <clears throat> the hope for, of course, is that in April, you know, we'll be back on track. I, I, I don't want to make any long-range forecasts yeah. in terms of where we are with vaccines and all. But, you know, I would like to think that come April, you know, we'll have already completed a Final Four. And maybe there'll be some fans there, hopefully. And Maybe we'll be back here with uh, the patrons back in attendance again. But well, what would well, be golf different- is used to this, Jimmy. This is yeah. not. Uh, this was decision that was when it was made. I and I'm not questioning at all. I think it was the right decision. And at this time, um, 
you know, when you start bringing fans and you start bringing in a lot more volunteers and there's a lot more infrastructure you have to have. And um, so what ch- anything changes for you over these next four days? Are you still in the same position you're in when you call the call the tournament or any, you know, are you further away? Are they moving you around? What, what, how no, is it affected? It's the same. I'll be back and forth between uh, the 18th tower and, and Butler cabin. My, my access is going to be, uh, much more limited. I don't anticipate having a chance to to be around the players or be able to catch up with them in the clubhouse uh, because there are all these bubbles and things like that. But uh, again, that's the right thing. And and I, I, I want to say, though, that for the golf fan out there, uh, all the pre-tournament talk is about how different things are. We're in November instead of April. So where are they? You know, what, where's the the color on the course, the blooming dogwoods and azaleas, and what's that going to be like in, in November? And what about the fact that uh, there are no fans? And, and I, it's all pre-tournament talk. I'm going to tell you on Sunday, when we have a winner, all that talk is going to be washed away. It's going to be about the guy that, that right. won the Masters tournament and, and took the green jacket. So it's a lot of good pre-tournament talk, and rightfully so. But once we get into the actual tournament and the telecast, I'm telling you, TV normalizes these things. I, I had 10 broadcasts, 10 tournaments this summer, and it's a, it's amazing to be there in person and see no no one around. Right. And then what it looks like, you know, the way the shots are framed. It's a big director and producer show with Steve Milton and Lance Barrow. They'll cut, they'll create energy, you'll be bouncing around, and it's going to be, you know the strategy at home, you know all the key parts of the course and where you have to take advantage of certain holes. And that's not going to change. Uh, yeah. It's it's going to still, it's going to be, it's going to feel like the masters. Believe me. Hopefully we pick up a couple of dirty words with no fans there and the mics picking up things. That's always fun for people like me <laughs> who have to put content out on the internet and get a call for dropping an F-bomb or something. That's always, you know, our first, and then, you, our and then first. you have to do the apology. Like the nation is, you know, basically so offended that the mics picked up a curse word. Sorry for that on our air. Well, the very first <laughs> golf shot we had, the very yeah, yeah, first I remember, I remember. Shot we have when we came back at Colonial, yeah, uh, there was uh, an f bomb that was dropped. I tried to have some fun with it, though. I, you know, right. it's uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I know that people are out there thinking that uh, uh, that I'm hyper offended, and I've never because I know that this <laughs> it's like people think that suddenly I've just decided that I'm going to go in and try to clean this up, but. Yeah. Um, I try to have spring some levity to it. And I think you, uh, you recognize that at the time. Yes. Yeah. I always, when the, when you get the Aaron F bomb on a sports telecast, I always look to see how the announcer apologizes. That's where the fun part comes in to see, you know, <laughs> um, I, I know you're limited for time. I wanted to ask you about two things that have nothing to do with the masters of the NFL. Did you have mm-hmm. any relationship? Did you know Alex Trebek at all? Never met him, man. I would have loved to have met him. Yeah. Uh, just because as a broadcaster, that, that's why way, I asked. Yeah. yeah. The way he moved through that show and, and kept it snappy. Yep. Pretty amazing. And then when you hear that, and, and, and then he would tell you what the right answer is. The way that he was able to, well, of course uh, <laughs> that was one of Nay's most famous paintings. And, right. And he was rattle off the year. And right. it, it, it's as if he didn't even need the cards he yeah. knew all the answers. Yeah. Like he would have been the ultimate contestant, but yeah. I've enjoyed reading the tributes and I think it's pretty yeah. cool that a, a guy that hosted a game show could have such a lingering effect, a positive effect on 
people to see how beloved he was. And yes. I was touched to see Jimmy, you may have read it, that mm-hmm. his last wish that he had talked about it was that he wanted to be able the last day of his life to, to sit on a swing on his property that apparently he, he built and constructed right. and sit there with his wife and just look out over the horizon and be lucid and be able to talk about the, the, the things that he was grateful for in his life. I mean, it's so Alex Trebek. It's so yeah. perfectly planned and spot on. And, um, yeah, he was a great one. I, I brought that up because I I know you have an appreciation for broadcasting and and TV host. And I I want the other thing I wanted to ask you that has nothing to do with sports. And I'm not getting into politics in any way, shape, or form here. I'm just I know you're a CBS guy. I'm sure you watched a lot of CBS coverage, but maybe you dabbled with CNN and MSNBC. A big thing on Twitter and last week was John King of CNN, Steve Kornacki on MSNBC of how they work those maps. And how they, you know, with the numbers, the math, live TV, were you into that at all? I mean, you with CBS, I mean, you with the elections, you probably did stuff with Rather, who was amazing on election night. But were you at all in on the bandwagon of being impressed with like how those guys worked those maps and did their jobs last week for like well, four I'm days cha- straight on no sleep? Yeah, I'm a channel surfer because I'm, I'm looking at it uh, really a whole lot from the production side of it right. and the information flow who's got it first who's willing to dare and jump out there and so i mean i saw a little bit of of i mean truly everybody yeah but uh on that night i saw uh, a number of times i saw john king and i thought what he did was uh you know and i know bill hemmer was doing it at, at at fox and again i'm 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 switching around and i thought that all those guys that had the familiarity with counties past elections of what it looked like in 16 and what the vote difference was when Hillary ran against Trump and right, right. all that. I thought it was exceptional and I thought it was good enough to on several fronts, uh, including the names that I mentioned. I, I thought, man, if I had a way of getting in touch with, them, I'd love to drop them a note and just tell them I admire the job that they did. Yeah. I saw a tweet. I was going through some tweets just to see if there was anything going on with you. And so there were a couple of tweets of like, I want Nance and Romo on election night doing coverage. Which is <laughs> hey, Tony we're busy be, enough. Come on. Yeah. T- yeah. You need another job. I need um, another one. Yeah. But, you know, that would be the excitement that goes into those shows. Again, we're not talking politics and right, right. I'm a long time observer of, of like election night coverage. And it's not just every four years. Okay. Right. I, I really enjoy it. It, it does have a, uh, it does have a, like a Super Bowl kind of feel to it, though. You know, yes, like you don't absolutely know happen. And yeah, um, yeah it's and uh, I, don't, I, I wish people at home who are not TV geeks or nerds like me, like they would understand when they're doing that job or you're doing your job, whether it's at Augusta, the NFL, you, know, you have someone talking in your ear the whole time and you've got and you're live. And you've yeah. got to bounce around and do a million things at once. I, it's, you know, people think it, if you're on TV, oh, it's easy. Everyone could do it. But I could not handle someone in my ear talking to me while I'm trying to do something. With the, do you, I mean, is there ever an issue where you have to, like, tell the person, you're, please stop talking to me. Give me a minute. Or you're just such a pro and you're used to it by now. It never yeah, you're, you're used to it by now. And it's not a constant running commentary in your ear because they've got a job to do. They're, they're calling for replays and they've got other places they're going. I don't hear everything that they're saying. Their mic is not open the whole time. They have to push a key to talk to us in the booth. Uh, but they're, they're basically directing you to where you're going to go next or what's about to appear on the screen. You really, that's the, that, that's when you boil it down, that's one of the first things you have to really adjust to as a broadcaster is how to be able to take in information 
and be able to deliver at the same time. Your brain's working in a couple of different different ways there. And it's particularly difficult, Jimmy, when you're on camera. Right. So, you know, uh, when you're on camera, you can't really just pause and make sure you got that straight. But if you're covering a football game, you don't know when someone's talking to you and the the cameras and the shots are on the field or on a player or on a coach. You can, you have a chance to lay out for three or four seconds and absorb uh, the, 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 the information that's coming, coming at you, but I've been doing it for a long time and I have a lot of studio experience. So uh, the studio folks really have to deal with it and it's, it's more problematic. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, a great producer understands that they have to use their words sparingly and not mm-hmm. jarringly. They have to be able to talk to you in a way that it's not going to distract you. They can't be too up and down they have right. to be very even keeled and succinct. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
But before I let you go, do you, I don't know if you give picks. You got I, people. I know people listening want to pick for the Masters. If can you throw maybe like <laughs> one or two names out there of who people should I, keep I, an I eye on? I always find it dangerous. I get asked about picks for football games and things like that. Then I got to go deal with with everyone. I will just say this: this is kind of not making a pick, but it's somebody to watch for. Yeah, yeah. And I know. Listen, you're a fringe golf fan I, at best, right? I mean, right. I know it's not. Yeah, important. yeah. I'd pay but, masters. I'll pay attention. Obviously, okay, there's a guy that you, you know the name Bryson DeChambeau. Yes, okay, the big, the big slugger. One year he has gone and rebuilt himself into the Incredible Hulk, <laughs> and he has he has gone from being uh, upper third, if you will, in terms of driving distance, maybe at best, uh, to now being the monster of all monsters off the tee. Can fly it drive it farther than anyone we've ever seen playing at a competitive level. I'm not talking about the freak show that is the long drive competition. You sometimes channel surf and land uh, upon that show. I'm talking about guys that can actually play. And he's doing things by remaking his body, reinventing his golf swing that we've never seen before. Now, he won the most recent major championship, and that was at Wingfoot in September in the U.S. Open. And he bludgeoned the field. I mean, it just destroyed everybody one by six. Uh, I've never seen anything like it, Jimmy. It's always about Tiger. It, it really isn't. It rightfully should be. Uh, right. I'm talking for years, for 20 years. Yeah. And he's the defending champion. But being here, I would say that it's more about Bryson right now. More yeah. people, even with Tiger defending, can't wait to see what he's going to do here. I mean, it is the show mm -hmm. that golf has a new thing happening and it's this guy. And if he, if he wins this week and wins two straight majors, my gosh, you, you, even you're going to become a golf fan. Okay? <laughs> you're going to get hooked. And this one's tough only because, you know, you got the competition with the football Saturday and Sunday, but yeah, I mean, you're going to, obviously if you know, that guy's in it and he's blasting the ball all over the place, you're going to flip he, over and check it out for sure. He will definitely be blasting yeah. the ball. He doesn't know any, he basically comes out of his shoes almost to, to just blister every single shot. And I mean, he's flying it in some cases, maybe 80, up to 80 yards farther than other guys are course is going to be soft. I'm, I'm not going to try to give you too much analytics here, but I'll leave you with this. A lot of rain. When you get right. rain golf, yeah. what that means is that you don't get the rollout. So the, the guy that can fly it longer has an advantage. Yeah. So it sets up for the big hitter this week, the guy that's the popcorn hitter and hits it in the fairway and a dry fairway, it rolls out in an extra 30 yards. That guy's going to have a tough time competing this week. So it sets up well for Bryson. He's full of confidence, and the game is entering a territory we've never seen before with a guy that can play the game this way. So, There's a lot I mean, going on here because you got, like you said, you got him. Tiger's the defending champ, so he's always in the mix. The weather's supposed to not be great. I'm still going to wait to see Sunday if you guys run into the NFL and watch all the football <laughs> fans freak out on Twitter when the, when the games are not on CBS. Looking forward well, to that. Well, hey, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I, that's not something that uh, – I concern myself with, but yeah. uh, we're going to be coming on early on, on Sunday at 10 o'clock, 1 o'clock yep. on, on Saturday. Yep. So uh, I hope you have a chance to check it out. Uh, there are some other good stories. Guys like Rory McIlroy in this sport, he's trying to do something that only five players have ever done in the history of the game. That's when all four 
Grand Slam yeah. events. All four make- the Sunday at ten will be perfect for the, the diehard sports fan who's there waiting for the NFL to start at one. You get the golf at ten. They'll be locked in on that at ten o'clock for sure. That'll be look. I, I don't know what the ratings are going to be mm-hmm. against. Another thing I don't ever concern myself with because I don't have a memory of a game or a golf tournament based on what the final number was. Like people say, oh man, you know, like gosh, uh, when Phil Mickelson won this event in two thousand four, it's one of the biggest things that ever happened in in to the tournament. Uh, as far as a champion and a story, because he had never won a major and he pulled the putt on the 72nd green to win it. It was on an Easter Sunday and the ratings were low. They were as one of the lowest rated final rounds ever. And here's one of the most popular players. Yeah. The weather was good in the Northeast and all these kind of factors have brought the number down. I only know this because a lot of times people want to say the quality of the event should run parallel to the, what the rating is. That's just not true. Well, it's it's, false. There's a million. So my factors. memory of Phil Mickelson yeah. winning here in 04 has absolutely nothing to do with what the audience size was that day or what it wasn't. It's right. what the quality of I'm on the what is the quality of the story side of this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a million factors going to ratings. We've seen it this year, especially. And, you know, it's it's a bigger discussion that we get into it but another time. But the cord cutting and the streaming is just it's on a pace that's rapid. So, you know, networks got to keep adjusting because that's, you know, it's a whole new world, a whole new hey, world. You know, a couple of weeks ago, our game, uh, Pittsburgh at Baltimore, which was a regional game. Yep. And on that, on that particular week, we were in the high sixties as far as the percentage of audience. It was the highest rated regional game that CBS had broadcast in four years. Yeah. That surprised me because I know yeah. the ratings uh, across the board, they've been difficult to match up with last year, but that was a, that was a, a big number, uh, you know, you had one loss total between the two of them. It ended up being a heck of a game that came down to the last play, but it, it showed that the audience is still there if they want it and the game's compelling. And, I think you're uh, going to see great, great ratings too in the second half of the season. It's, it's been a good season. There's a good teams, good player. I think you're going to see good, very good ratings. The second half of the, season. the election's over. That's cable news is now not going to dominate people's lives. I think the second half here, the NFL season back end will be big for, numbers. you know, one of the other problems we had early in the season is there were a lot of bad teams and yeah. a lot of the matchups had a really good team against a really bad team. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have some more flexibility in the schedule coming up the back half of the year. I agree with you, by the way, with the election over and that, uh, taking away some of the interest level, uh, for people, but, yeah. um, I just want to say that on Thanksgiving week, we talked a lot about Houston and Detroit. We're going to go from Detroit to Tampa and uh, we'll have, I know the matchup doesn't sound as sexy now coming off of the Bucks performance on Sunday, but we have Mahomes against Brady. No, that's that's it. That will do it. Listen, people are overreacting to one loss by the, Bucks. I mean, listen, they look terrible. He looked terrible, but he was fine for a couple of weeks. I, I, that game will still be a huge, huge. hugely anticipated game. Huge because they had some, Epic matchups, yeah, you know, in some very key spots. So Kansas City at Tampa is the third game in a week for us, and uh, that'll be a big one. Or to that one, of course, yeah. it's Super Bowl year for us, Jimmy. So, yep. uh, you know, I'm starting already to try to figure out what that might look. I was like. going to say I got to have you on again closer to that because that's going to be amazing to see what how that all works out with uh, with what we're dealing with with the pandemic. So. Right. I look forward to our next chat. Thanks, Yes, pal. me too. Good luck this week in Augusta. Appreciate you coming on. I know it's a busy time. Have fun. Enjoy it. Okay. Enjoy it. Thanks. Take care. Thanks, Jimmy. That was Thank fun. Good Thanks. stuff. I know I can keep going, but I know they, you know, they wanted you. Oh, I appreciate it. I've got, to, I've got to run out to the course. So I, yep. I, I, really, I thank you so much. That was great. 
All right, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. My thanks to Jim Nance. Great conversation. My thanks to you for listening. If you missed any recent episodes of the SI Media Podcast, go into the uh, archives there and check them out. Paul Heyman from the WWE was on last week. Kirk Herbstreit of ESPN two weeks ago. Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football three weeks ago. And inside the NBA host, Ernie Johnson, four weeks ago. So we've had a great run of guests here. Check them out if you missed any of those episodes and subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. All right, that wraps up this episode. Thanks for listening and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.